like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke. And with me, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are here this week to conclude, like I said last week, but this time I mean it, uh, mm-hmm. Jones and for Indies, where we're going to talk about The Crying Game from 1992, which is Corey's last pick. Um, this month, we've been watching independent films and uh, that we've missed because that is the, the crux of this show is that at least one of us have to have not seen the movie or have not seen it as an adult um, when we pick it for our selections. And that's how we make sure we are watching something new, at least one new movie every single week. Um, but before we get into our review of The Crying Game, we like to catch up with how we've been doing since the last time we recorded and what else we've been watching. So, Corey, how's it going? It's going, as always. Every time we record, I'm so happy it's Friday. I cannot wait to crawl into my bed, and I'm probably going to watch a new movie on Shudder. Oh. Yeah, like something in mind or just a random find something? You know, I haven't even really read about it, but they shared the uh, the movie poster for it. I think it's vulnerable, but I only have glanced at it a couple of times so don't anyone come at me but it just came out on shutter i'm pretty sure so you know it's late for me uh no it's violation excuse me excuse me sorry oh the movie's called violation violation yeah i was like what i said it's late i'm sorry um (laughs) clever theory guys (laughs) well i uh i i've been on spring break this week um which for me was mostly uneventful uh, for a couple of reasons is one, my wife works, um, she worked literally every day. And then today she worked literally all day. She went in at nine and I picked her up at nine 30 because she got like a person walked out and someone else didn't come to work. So ah. she sacrificed her own time. So I get, I, I don't, I'm a very introverted and comfortable loner most of the time, but I also work at a place where I'm always with people. And so like, when I'm not at work, I'm now suddenly alone, like all the time. And I, today, like I was, I was like sad, lonely. Like I was like, I need to do something, but I can't go anywhere. Cause of like, you know, fire is still a thing. It's still a thing or whatever. And also like, there's only so many things. I, the only thing I would normally do when I'm alone all the time is go to the movies. Yeah. And I'm still not comfortable with that. And also my, my local theater isn't open and it may never reopen. I actually still don't know what the hell is going to happen with that. Um, even though Regal is uh, slowly announcing reopening starting next week. Uh, I'm still a week away. Yeah. Mine is not on the list yet either, but I am a week away from my vaccine. uh, My second shot Uh, on Monday, my wife gets to register for a vaccine or at least try to get an appointment because they're, they were lowering the age to 40. Uh, And then the following week they lowered, they're going to lower it to 18 here in Florida. So like everyone's going to be eligible in two weeks. Uh, So I'm just getting mine in right before. So yeah, thanks uh, government, the teachers got in literally one month before everybody. Um, even though I've been working since mm. August. So thanks, uh, for that. It, granted there was no vaccine in August. So I guess to be fair, wasn't that long. We had to wait, but still, I feel like maybe we should have been on that first or second set of people since yeah. it was such a big deal that schools be open. Um, anyway, uh, I will be getting my second shot and then I'm, I'm excited. I don't know if you saw this, but, uh, they're, they're putting Scott Pilgrim in theaters at the end of April. I don't know if I'm going to be able to see it anywhere. It's the the regular, because I guess there's like two different, there's a like Dolby Digital like re, remaster that's going to be at those type of theaters, which is limited where those are. But I think it's going, uh, there's going to be one at Disney Springs. And so I will have been fully vaccinated. I do like that theater. I also like the theater. I am still apprehensive about the number of people that might be at that theater. Because like, I don't know how much they're still limiting seating and things like that. So I'm going to look. And see, because it is reserved seats, and if I feel like it's too many, I won't go there. There is one in Brandon, and there's also one in uh, Altamont, which is real far, but I go to that. I actually really miss going to that theater, because that's where I, I've seen a lot of my screeners um, from uh, A24. Oh, nice. Um, and so I've been to that theater a lot, and I haven't been in almost you know almost two years, uh, I'm guessing. I don't remember the last screener I got to see there, but it's been a while. Um, might have been midsummer. Uh which is like two years ago for sure. Um, so it's been, it's been a long time since I've been to that theater and there's a Barnes and Noble next to it. So I can always check out the criterion collection, even though it's not going to be on sale. Um, 
and then that section is getting smaller and smaller as physical media is dying. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I, I am hoping that might be it won't be my first movie because I'm definitely going to the theater uh, after my 14 days is up um, to see whatever's playing. But uh, right. I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely going to try to see Scott Pilgrim on the big screen because that is one of my favorite movies of all time. I have stopped saying it's my favorite. I have I have accepted the reality that It's a Wonderful Life is my favorite movie ever. Um, and I have seen that on the big screen, but I've never seen Scott Pilgrim on the big screen. Um, so I'm hoping to to get to do that, especially since it should have been August of last year that it was uh, retro screening because that was the 10 year anniversary. Um, but, uh, you know, COVID. So they didn't do that, thankfully. Um, and we're getting it now. So I'm excited. I'm hoping that it's going to be available for me to see after I am, uh, you know, vaccinated up and uh, I have a hard decision because my daughter is only she will be seventeen on April seventh already, but um, uh, they're they're not like lowering the vaccine, so I don't know if I want to take her to the theater yet. Even though she's less likely to get it, she, she's not. You know, it's still possible she can get it, and she, it's that weird kind of like, does the virus really care if she's seventeen or eighteen? Like, I don't think so. Um, at that point, you know what I'm saying? So. I, I wish they would make some decisions and apparently only um, the Pfizer vaccine is approved for under 18. And oh. like there's, there's approved from 16 to adults. And then the other two that have been approved were only approved for 18 and older uh, um, because of the trials that they underdid. So underwent whatever, but, um, but yeah, otherwise uh, I've today, you know, this, this week's been nice. I, I did break um, like correctly. I, I've, I've managed to basically avoid working um, which was necessary. And, uh, so I've, I've rested, but there were days where I've been like really bored. Um, you know, I've watched a lot of stuff kind of as a result. Uh, but I still could have watched, I could have watched more movies, but like sometimes I, I, you know, what's really bugging me, Corey is I'm a gamer. I've been a gamer since I was like five years old. Like I've had every system, not every system, but I've had a system in my house forever. You know, since I was five years old, I've had a Nintendo, I've had super Nintendo, at some point I had a Sega, you know, I, I've always played games and I am finding right now that a lot of games either are too stress inducing that I don't enjoy playing them, um, are, uh, too slow and I get distracted and don't want to play them. And, or I've already played them, I guess, and I'm just not up for them or something like I I'm having, I want to play a game, but I can't find one that I actually want to play. And it's, uh, it's been unpleasant um, because I really need something, I think. And the, like a lot of the games I like to play are like more with friends, but my friends schedules and I seem to always be at, at odds with one another, especially like my main gaming friends. Um, and so like, I haven't been really interested in diving into those and it's just been, it's been kind of cruddy. I, I like, I like gaming and I need something, but I like, I don't like feeling stressed out. And a lot of the games do stress me out where I'm just like, it's either like, stressful as that's what the game's designed to do like a resident evil type of game where like it wants you to be stressed out and i'm just like that's not what i'm looking for right now or it's stressful because the game just in my opinion requires too much of its user and i'm just like i don't i'm not that type of gamer like i'm a very casual gamer um i'm better than i give myself credit but i i, I don't always want to work for something you know what i'm saying like a lot of games have started adding a difficulty setting that's like just for the story you're really just here to like see the story and move through it versus like doing anything and i'm like i don't know if i'm that you know at that level yet but um and then like i started playing uh an old game last night called brutal legend it's uh jack black voices a character um they gave it away on xbox uh live gold like a month or two ago and i've had it on my system i just haven't played it and i started playing it last night but like the first 10 minutes is all like a cutscene, and i'm like oh my god i really wanted to play a game and i've spent 10 minutes watching things happen and it's entertaining but it's also like, I just wanted to play a game. Like, you know, why are you torturing me? Uh, video game. But I did finally get to play for about 20 minutes and I did have fun playing it. Um, but, but yeah, anyways, uh, that's probably time. Let's get to what we've been watching. Um, why don't you go first? Cause I, I assume I probably watched way more. Okay. I watched, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. <laughs> um, I watched a, a horror movie, I guess called the block Island sound. Y'all can. Oh, skip out on that i i think i disagree with you hang on a second <laughs> i think i saw that at fantasia fest um 
Lock Island Sound. It's, I am fairly confident I watched that at Fantasia Fest. I, I've definitely spelled that incorrectly on Letterboxd. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I like this movie. Um, well, here we are, guys. Who do you agree <laughs> with most of the time? Me or John? You can, you know. That, so it's a horror film. It is. Because, I mean, I don't know. So when I say like, it might be strong. I gave it three stars. but um, So it was decent. Yeah, and I, Big Tuna gave it two and a half. I feel like Matt was in the same kind of place that I was. Uh, this was one, if I'm right, it was Fantasia. I'm I'm fairly confident it was Fantasia Fest. Um, but I think uh, it was getting a lot of buzz at the festival. And so we were like, all right, let's watch it. And it, I, I think it's really interesting. I don't think it's perfect, but I think it does some cool stuff. But I didn't know it was on uh, – I didn't know it had dropped on Netflix. Yeah, I think that it had just come out. It was like one of those things that instantly start playing that I hate. And I just wanted to watch a movie. So I was like, okay. So they got me. But um, I don't think it's terrible, but I could think of probably like 10 movies off the top of my head that are i would rather have watched that you know that i, I think are better that's probably fair because again i saw it as part of a festival where I, like you know that's kind of the expectations that you're watching whatever's there mm-hmm. um I, we started on the mandalorian season two. Oh, i'm still watching forensic files guys can't stop won't stop i still need netflix maybe i should start like adding them on twitter i should start tweeting at them hmm Maybe yep. that will get there. I know companies don't like to be called out on Twitter. Um, so I just wanted to watch a movie, like a feel-good movie, a funny feel-good movie. And I think you love it too. But I freaking love Our Idiot Brother. I like it. I, oh, I probably I love need to it. rewatch it. I've only seen it once, and I don't remember it. Uh, I, I definitely think I was doing something else while I was watching it. But I did like it. I like Paul Rudd, so it's just like kind of an instant like for me it's the only movie i get it's the only thing i can stand zoe deschanel in if that tells you guys anything (laughs) she's like definitely if she's in something i probably will work hard to you know avoid it but um i watched the last blockbuster we finished that um i guess i'm gonna need to make a five hour road trip over to bend oregon do y'all want some beanies (laughs) bumper stickers you want a t-shirt I mean, I'd have to say probably all of the above. All uh, of them. <laughs> I'll just send you a blockbuster care package. Uh, we're actually reviewing that for Bloody Awesome this coming Tuesday. Uh, so I have not watched it yet, but I'll be watching it tomorrow or Sunday uh, in preparation for the episode. Well, I really enjoyed it. Very cool. Uh, we are we are excited. Uh, we were supposed to be doing uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, but they delayed mm. the release until Wednesday, and we record on Tuesday. So we had uh. to push that back a week. Um but yeah, you know, that's we're we're excited. Well, we're apprehensively excited about that movie because we both were really excited for Godzilla King of Monsters and we both Matt and I both disliked King of Monsters like a lot. Um but we the the buzz coming out of Kong and Godzilla is positive, so we are hopeful that this will be on our our wheelhouse. But um but we're doing the the blockbuster movie instead, the last blockbuster, which I'm excited about because there's a lot of celebrities in it that I like a lot, so Yeah. I hope you like it. And that's all I got. All right. Well, I finished Martin Scorsese's filmography, uh, feature filmography. I've watched all 25 of his feature films. Um, and a lot of that was this week. But uh, the first thing I watched w- on my spring break was Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, the four-hour uh, re-cut some new footage, some uh, CG new footage. Um, and I went in very very like defiant that I wasn't going to like it because I, I didn't like that it exists now because of the, the way it came into existence. I generally think Zack Snyder is an overrated filmmaker and I still don't think it's perfect. I do think it is very entertaining. I think it fixes almost all of the problems that the original cut had. And I think uh, with the exception of the epilogue, I, I, I think it was a pretty it's one of the better DC films. It is still not the best DC film. I think that still holds with Wonder Woman and then Shazam. Um, but I think it might be the third best of the DC universe films. And uh, we just dropped our, our BAMP episode for that. Um, Matt and I are, are pretty much in agreement. We were both kind of shocked that we liked it as much as we did, which seems to be the consensus from a lot of critics. It's still not like, it's still like a, like a 50 or 60% movie. It's not like 
70, 80% quality, but it's still far better than we expected. Um, so for Scorsese, I watched uh, Boxcar Bertha, The Last Temptation of Christ, uh, which, by the way, Willem Dafoe is Jesus. Let's just stop there. Um, the Color of Money, uh, which I just I just love Paul Newman um, a lot. New York, New York, which I found to be an extremely stressful uh, movie because Robert De Niro's character has that same kind of edge that he had in Raging Bull, where it's like you're just waiting for him to beat up a woman kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Like there's just that like hostility, like simmering under the surface, and it makes me very uncomfortable. Um, I watched Cundin, which was the last Scorsese film I needed to watch. That one was from 1997, and the one I want to spend the most time with. Um, so Cundin is about the Dalai Lama, the current Dalai Lama, and like his rise to that position. Uh, I knew a little bit about the Dalai Lama. I knew very, very little about the, the, of his life though. And I found this to be a super interesting biopic that I didn't know existed until I was looking at Martin Scorsese's uh, filmography and trying to like, you know what? I need to just make my way through this guy's filmography. He's, I've seen a lot of his movies. I I'm generally a fan of Scorsese and I want to complete everything. And I have now done so. Um, I, I have not finished my ranking of them, but I'm, I'm, I really, I realized something, uh, after I completed it, I've only ever seen 90% of his movies one time. Um, I think the exception is Hugo, which I've taught like four or five times. So I've seen that movie the most, um, which is by no means his best movie, but I've seen it the most because I've, I've felt comfortable teaching that one because it's like his only PG, PG film, I think, um. And I, I really, really like that movie. I don't think it's a masterpiece by any means, but um, but like every, literally every other movie on his list, I, I've seen parts of Gangs of New York multiple times, but I've never like, I don't think I've watched it from beginning to end multiple times. Um, I don't remember. Did we do The Departed on the, the podcast? Because I watched that for sure before that. No. Okay, then no. And then, yeah, I'm fairly confident I've only ever seen all of his movies once except for I've seen multiple times clips from some of the movies. Like I've seen, I don't know how many times taxi driver and Goodfellas I've watched clips from the departed. I've watched a few scenes a few times. Um, technically I saw Cape fear as a kid, but I didn't remember it when we watched it for the podcast. So I don't know if that shouldn't count. Um, and yeah, no, I've literally only Hugo that I've seen more than once. And uh, I found that kind of interesting um, because a lot of people like Goodfellas is like some people's like favorite movie. I like Goodfellas. It's kind of long and there are scenes in it that I have rewatched, but I don't know that I want to sit through the whole thing over and over and over again, um, which I find interesting. Um, and it's partly because I think a lot of my comfort movies are more in comedic in nature. And that's not a genre he he spends a lot of time in. He does. Uh, a few, um, but overall, uh, not a lot. Uh, the color of money. I liked a lot, except Tom Cruise is like full on Tom Cruise, like obnoxious persona from the eighties mm. kind of mode. And I found him a little hard to take, but I, I love Paul Newman so much. It was all right. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I watched all of those, um, enjoyed uh, most of them. I, I think, uh, boxcar Bertha is, is his, is not a, uh, a good movie because it is a Roger Corman film, which is like, it's a B ex- exploitation movie, but it still has Scorsese touches to it, which I found interesting. Um, but then I watched uh, the crying game, of course, for this podcast we're going to be talking about. And then today I watched uh, in preparation for the next mini series on uh, the blank check podcast. They're covering the films of Elaine may, uh, which is a very short run, but um, I watched a new leaf, which is a, quirky romantic comedy with uh elaine may as the lead but um walter matthau as the lead the real lead he's like the focal point and i'm a big walter matthau fan i really had a fun time with this movie it's dark at times but it's super enjoyable um very easy to watch um uh i i I think i had to buy it um i think it yeah it's only available to rent or buy but it's it's if you have a chance to watch it from 19 it's a 1971 film it's definitely worth watching um, I may have mentioned on a previous episode, I've been watching the Star Trek films uh, because of Blank Check also, but I've I've gotten really into Star Trek suddenly. So I've been watching, um, when I have like free time, I'll throw on the original series on Hulu on the background. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like through episode six, I think, maybe seven now. And I am having a really good time watching this show. Um, I, I, am, I don't know what took me so long. Uh, I find the performances to be 
like they're funny they're sincere i think at times but like sometimes i can't help but laugh but i'm like i feel like it's meant to be a little lighthearted and not to be taken too seriously at times um so like i'm pretty sure the only way to describe the episode it's called mud women uh is that there is a space pimp who's also a pirate um he's like a combination of like what if a pimp was a pirate and and uh was in space and that's this character and he has three women who are um so attractive that everybody wants them but like that's his whole gimmick is he like sells them to people and uh yeah it's uh, apparently this is the best part so i look the character's name is last name is mud that's why they're the, the episode's titled mud women but I, so I was looking up because the way he's styled reminds me of a character from American uh, Wedding, which is the American Pie. Oh, yeah. Third or fourth movie. I can't remember. I think it's the third movie. I think Reunion is the fourth movie um, of the actual like it's weird that I know this much about American Pie. But uh, in the third movie, there's a character who is kind of like a pimp. He might be a pimp. Um, there's a whole sequence where there's confusion and he's like at jim's house and like the the parents show up and uh he has to pretend to be like the butler but he it the way he's dressed as the butler very much reminded me of the character mud from the star trek episode right so i looked up the name mud to pull up a picture and i stumbled upon a spoiler for one of the other uh star trek series i think discovery can i tell you the spoiler do you care no so it's only a spoiler in that this character returns and I don't quite know the timeline of discovery, but this character returns in the series apparently. And it's played by rain Wilson. What? And I'm like, what? Like not the original, but in the new version of the character, rain Wilson's playing him apparently. And I was like, okay, I didn't know I was stumbling into this. So now I'm super excited to get into the later series. Cause I'm, I'm my goal is now to just like, slowly work my way through all the star trek series like i'm just gonna do that because i have access to everything on paramount plus right now and i'm just like you know what i'm just gonna watch star trek because i i'm enjoying it uh i'm not in any rush you know that's i'm actually watching it kind of almost as if it were like on tv like i'm just throwing it on in the background like i'll watch it on my phone when i'm eating breakfast or whatever like i'll just throw an episode on and I, i'll stop it and come back to it like i'm not sweating it at all um so eventually i'm going to get through all of it i mean again no rush uh, I'm enjoying it. I kind of want to savor it a little bit because it like the original series only has three seasons, but there's like 20 plus episodes per season. I think the first season is almost 30. So there's a lot of episodes and they're all like 40 minutes or longer. So uh, a lot to, to watch, but I am, I'm having a good time with it. So that, that's been kind of my predominant uh, TV, not movie watching um, that I've been just kind of throwing on in the background. Uh, so yeah. Um, that's what we've been watching, folks, and I think it's time we take a quick break, and when we come back, we will get into our review of The Crying Game from 1992. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director focus shows, end-of-year rankings, start-of-the-year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. So, The Crying Game from 1992 uh, stars Stephen Ray, Jay Davidson, Forrest Whitaker, Miranda Richardson, um, Adrian Dunbar, and that's kind of the gist of it. Uh, oh, 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 you got to give credit to uh, Jim Broadbent, who I was so surprised that he was the bartender. Um Directed and written by Neil Jordan, who hasn't done a lot of other things that I I like. Um, he did Greta a couple years ago, which I really didn't like. Oh. Um, it's another Chloe Grace Moretz film that I feel is not good. Um, and the only other movie I recognize on his list of directed films is um, there's two. There's a I don't know why I remember seeing the trailer for this, but the Brave One, which is like a Jodie Foster, I think a revenge movie. Um, I never saw, but I just remember, oh, and I, he did interview with a vampire. I keep forgetting that. Um, and Michael Collins, which I remember hearing. I, I'm not a fan of interview with vampire. Corey is, um, I, I don't hate it. I just, I don't, I don't enjoy it. Um, but anyway, that's his filmography. The crying game, uh, 
has a 90 meta score, a 7.2 IMDb user score. That's probably because of some homophobia. A British soldier kidnapped by IRA terrorists soon befriends one of his captors who then becomes drawn into the soldier's world. Um, and it has uh, one Oscar win for best screenplay, but then um, lots of nominees. Uh, it was nominated for best picture, um, uh, best actor in a leading role for Stephen Ray, best actor in a supporting role for Jay Davidson, uh, best director and best film editing, um, which are all really big nominations. And I feel like it was a big year. 92 is a, a pretty solid year. I thought I had taken some screens. Oh, I did here there. Um, so just to give, Oh wait, no, this is for a different thing. Um, what year is this one for? I've been looking at a lot of Oscar stuff as I've been watching all these movies. Oh, that's why. Cause we were talking about Martin Scorsese. Anyways, um, 92 has some good good movies nominated for it, but nonetheless, uh, Crying Game gets a lot of nominations. Um, I knew the twist to this movie, and I I don't think I watched the whole movie as a kid. I definitely saw that scene as a kid, which I will leave as that scene for now until we get to our spoiler section. Um, but I, I had never really thought about this movie again. It's been parodied and referenced, and odds are, if you're listening to this, you probably know what the twist is. Um, or even if you don't, you will probably have seen a movie that references the twist in this film in some way. Uh, but Corey picked this. So Corey, what did you think of the crying? I low key loved it. Maybe not low key. Um, I mean, I did not know the twist going in. I figured it out watching before the movie, you know, um, I just really like the characters in it, and I did go into this pretty blind. I mean, I only knew... I've heard a lot of buzz about it. Like, a lot of people... Well, you know, people have talked about, like, liking it and stuff. I've just seen, you know, movie people talk about it. Um, And I just really liked all the characters. I thought the acting was great. Um... I don't really know what to say about it. I just didn't know what to expect. And I think that that's the best way to go into it. If you're like me and it was made in 1992 and somehow in 2021, you haven't, you know, so maybe stop listening now. (laughs) Um, I, I loved this movie. Like I was so shocked how pulled into it. I was like, I was really sucked into the characters and the dialogue, especially, um, and like I, I didn't realize how big of a role Forrest Whitaker was going to have in this movie, um, because I, I only remember this movie because of the twist. And again, I don't think I saw the whole thing as a kid. I don't know why I, I would have only have seen that one part. It was, it was getting a lot of everyone was talking about it because it was so shocking for a couple of reasons. Um, and that this movie is extremely progressive for nineteen ninety two. Still now, I think. Right, I agree. Um, and but I. I I don't know every everything about the characters and their behavior was so amazing to me. I was really generally rooting for so many characters. Um, I thought the performances were outstanding. Uh, I do want to sh- shout out Miranda Richardson as as Judy because I didn't recognize her, and I'm looking at her filmography, and she's like the mom in Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. And uh, and then she's in something else that I really like. Um, she's I'm trying to pull it up. She's yeah, she's very good at being someone you don't enjoy. Uh, oh oh, she's Rita Skeeter in the Harry Potter franchise. That's the reporter. Oh. Um, yeah, and uh, I knew I was like there was something else that I've seen her in a lot. In um, but I I generally like Forrest Whitaker. Um, I think my my favorite performance of his is Ghost Dog, though, at this point. Like, I, I've actually been really wanting to rewatch Ghost Dog since we watched The Crying Game. And because um, uh, Jim Jarmusch films, to me, are just, like, so rewatchable. And I, I say that having really only rewatched Patterson, but I've rewatched Patterson. But you, like, like think a lot. about them a lot. All the time. I mean, All the I do. Time. I was just looking I at my too. Criterion earlier. I was like, yeah. I was thinking, isn't this the third Horse Whitaker movie? that we've seen like recently i'm pretty sure uh this year my um i i liked letterbox i i have a pro account so i pay like 20 bucks a year for like uh additional like stats and stuff that they keep track for me 
Um, and I, I love it. I, I find it endlessly worth it because I am a nerd and I love stats. And I already like Martin Schwartz says he's going to be my director of 2020, uh, 2021, because I've watched a bunch of Martin Scorsese movies. Um, but I, and Willem Dafoe will be high on the list of actors because he's in several. And also uh, the weird ones will be like Harvey Keitel, who's in like several of Scorsese's early films. Um, but yeah, uh, Whitaker is, is going to be high on the list. I keep, he keeps popping up and stuff that I'm watching. And again, a lot of times, like I didn't think he was going to have a big role. He has such a huge role in this movie. Um, I was very like pleasantly surprised cause I, I do enjoy him anyway. I think he's a very good actor. Uh, but here, man, is he great? Like there's just so much he gets to do. And at the same time, he's not there a, a lot, but man, when he's on screen, he's, he's making the most of his time. Uh, and same Jim Broadbent's the same way. I, I really found him so charming as the bartender. I don't know like how familiar you are with him, but he's, uh, he's in hot fuzz, um, as the, the he's Danny's dad um would you know that's uh Danny is is Nick man Nick Frost my brain is just like slowing down um and I really I like him a lot in that movie as a result um and he he shows up in uh I feel like he well he's in Harry Potter I love Paddington too so much um I feel like he was in is he not in uh World's End I guess not Oh, well, he was an Eddie um, of the Eagle, but I haven't seen that yet. Oh, that's really fun. I like that movie. Um, yeah, it, Broadbent's in a bunch of stuff. I mean, he shows up in a lot of things, and I, I he's a, a lot of times he's a he's a bit player. He's just there, but uh, when he gets to do stuff, man, he's generally likable. I really, really like him in this. Um, Jay Davidson's only in a couple other movies, uh, but I I don't I don't know what the correct pronoun is and i don't want to be offensive so i'm not going to but um i don't because that's well i guess we need to get the spoiler so we can talk more about parts of the plot that i'm not sure what we are supposed like what the correct terminology is especially because this is from 1992 i don't know if it would if it was remade today if it would be uh a little more clear or a little more um I don't know. I feel like the conversation about gender and gender roles has shifted dramatically in the last like three or four years than it would have been in 1992. And I think that's noticeable in the writing, but not in a, not in a negative way. It's just not there. Like it wasn't there to talk about those terms weren't in place yet. Um, but let's, uh, let's, we both like the movie. We're going to get into the spoilers because there's just a lot to talk about. Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about this movie in great detail. You have been warned. So what I was alluding to, uh, spoilers have been announced, just to be clear. Um, Dill, who is Jay Davidson's character, is depicted as a as a woman. When we first meet her, when we hear about her from Jody, when we see the picture, it's always a woman. It's a woman, it's a woman, it's a woman. Um, the big twist is the first time they go to have sex, uh, Fergus sees her naked and there's a penis. And for a movie in 1992, for a penis to appear on screen was shocking enough to even be real. Now, like that, though, like, even now, though. Even now. I was like, what? Male genitalia not often shown in movies uh, by comparison to to breasts. Uh, which, I guess, to be fair, those are not equal body parts. Like, penis to breast. Like, you don't see a lot of... I'm, I'm going to use scientific terms, everybody. You don't see a lot of vagina in movies, right? Like at least not normal movies, not like adult films, but like, you know, R-rated film is usually top nudity. I, I feel like, so that like boobs, breasts, whatever, that's like, you know, a diamond dozen. It, they're like, oh, how can we fit this in? Oh, it doesn't really. Let's do it anyways. But like, you're right. But I do feel like full frontal nudity is way more common on a woman. It is for sure. And again, I am not, I don't I think agree. that in our culture, seeing boobs is a big deal. Like it is not like a common, right? Like in society, if a woman's boob were just out, people would be calling the police. Janet. You know, it's not, um, yeah, right. We're Janet. Uh, it's, it's not, it's not considered to be socially acceptable. So it, it's still a big deal when you think of it in those terms that there is a much more nude female scenes than there are nude male it sells. scenes. But we've got to act like it's taboo. Right. Um, And so, but penis, 
every once in a while one will show up. Uh, we just saw Robin Williams' penis not too long ago, and uh, but even that, it wasn't it's like a shadows. It was like it was shadows. It was like oh, there's a silhouette of Robin Williams' penis in in uh, the Fisher King. This was full on like not quite a close up, but it was definitely filling up more of the screen than you would often get for a male genitalia in a film. Um, so that was shocking to people, but it was also if you didn't realize that the actors and or actress's name, and that's why I don't know if Jay Davison goes by he or she, and I'm not trying to offend anybody by saying the wrong pronoun. Um, but, and I don't know if Jay Davison is, you know, what, what their, their, uh, identity is, especially at this point. Um, but either way, uh, Dill is presented as a female and for the most part, a hundred percent believable as a female. Um, so when that reveal happened, some people were also not only not expecting to see a penis, but were definitely going to be hit with homophobia. If they, especially early nineties, if you weren't comfortable with homosexuality and you were watching this movie and you especially, can you imagine if you're a dude like, you're like, Oh, are they going to show a vagina? That's a penis. Like you go through the same, reaction that fergus initially does which is what i think is so powerful about this movie is fergus has a really horrible reaction but does he try to make up for it and i do believe he really loves dill he also does feel guilty on a multitude of levels because of the connection with jody um which i do want to go back to jody for a second so I I am still torn about how they kill Jody. I, don't I was like, know. really? I yeah. I think I said so, that out loud. I'm like, <laughs> I was. I'm glad Fergus doesn't didn't have do to it. kill him. Yeah, yeah. But I also found it a bit like not only does Jody get killed by a random vehicle that happens to hit him, but it's like the people that are there to rescue him kill him. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because that's. Like I'm just like okay, hold on. <laughs> it's like I shouldn't be laughing, but well, what else were they gonna do? There had to be a reason for him to go to wherever London. I don't even remember to meet right Jody uh, to meet um Dill. Yeah. There had to be a reason. So obviously Jody couldn't be there, and at least it wasn't Fergus. But I was thinking the same thing. I just well, but and then it's so shocking. Dill D- doesn't seem to know that Jody's dead. Oh, I right? thought that. I thought that. She did. Like, I, I got the vibe that she knew, like, he was MIA, but not necessarily that he was dead. Like, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I, I got the vibe that it wasn't clear. The, I guess that would well, explain the Dave thing, uh, but I don't know. I, I might have missed that, but I'm I'm just wondering if they didn't tell her that he was killed in action, you know, and maybe that could be commentary on the fact that they weren't married, you know, like, so there are a lot of like government things with that, where if you're not married to the person, you won't get the information or whatever. Um, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, that death was brutal. I just feel like there is so much good setup in this movie, like from him being at the fair, um, Jody being at the fair and being with this girl played by Miranda Richardson. Richardson, mm-hmm. um, I'm forgetting mm-hmm. her name right now. Jody, Jude, Judy, Judy. Jude. I'm like, I, we don't know how long they've been together. It doesn't seem like long, but it doesn't seem like they just met at the fair. But they like, <laughs> you know, go off away from the fair, and then he's kidnapped, and it's just like this, like elaborate. Thing that's been set into motion and you know if they don't get their ira guy back in three days and they're going to kill him and it's just like so much so fast and they do such a good job like making you really feel for him and be attached to him but we don't actually see him on screen that much no i mean we get these really intimate scenes with stephen ray and him sitting like at 40 minutes into the movie is when he dies 40 minutes like yeah, Dude, it felt like, like 15 minutes in. Right. It, it moves so fast. This movie is amazing with pacing it's because so it never good. felt slow. And no. it's like all dialogue. It's so much just people Which talking in a room. just makes me tired. But it's so well done here. Because uh, you, you you believe the characters. Like when he's, he's got the canvas hood on and he's like 
he's sobbing because he knows he's gonna die it's so heartbreaking oh, like there's Forrest so Whitaker much crying. oh man mm. and it's so believable and every like their friendship that how it naturally kind of forms i i was just really blown away with so much of what I was like into about this movie. And I do like dialogue heavy films. Like I am, I'm generally a big dialogue person, but it has to be compelling. And I don't like, I don't know if there's anything specifically like, Oh wow. What a, what great writing that was, but just the characters and the naturalism of this for me clicks. Like I'm just, I was just on board the entire time Um, when it was, I, I wasn't sure I, I knew the twist. I knew that I'd seen the scene. Like I'd seen him like kissing and then, you know, Oh, a penis. Like I've seen that. I knew that I could not for the life of me, remember what the context was of that. Like how did their relationship form? And that when we read the plot synopsis, I'm like, wait, what, what's the soldier stuff? I knew nothing about soldiers. Um, Nobody so I, talked about that when I've heard talk about the movie, but also there wasn't really, a, I don't know, like end up. Yeah. Cause and that's the kind of like I knew at some point Miranda Richardson's character was going to come back. Like I like the way that the bombing happens. Like and he like you see uh, the other dude who's played by um, the other name I said earlier, uh, okay. Adrian Dunbar. Um, you see him kind of like pulling her into like a little uh, I don't know what to call it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like a nook is a great word. Um, and I'm like, I bet you they survived the the explosion. Sure enough, they did. They come back and there's a, a new hit and he's like being blackmailed and Dill's being threatened. And Oh man, there's so many great emotional moments with Dill, uh, with the, the, the way he like gets Dill with, uh, by taking Dave down is really funny. Um, Dill just loves like, get, you know, someone caring when about her. She threw the fish out the window though. Oh, right. Heartless. I was sad about the fish. Heartless. I was like, we just killed three perfectly good fish. Probably, hopefully not in our life, guys. I would be really upset. It's 1992. Who knows what the Humane Society was doing back then. But if they were even required on the set, I don't know. But right? I was just like, no. Yeah, I was I was also very like stunned by uh, them choosing to throw the by her choosing to throw the fish out. I was like, no. She's like, and I'm done. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, I uh, really like Dill a lot. Um, even through like some of the more emotional scenes, I like the or the the melodramatic type moments never felt too big. Um, you know, like there's the the suicide reference and stuff, and I was I was just I was so invested with all of these characters. It's just a great example of a good movie. I actually just watched. Um, I was looking for like review reviews or analysis. It's not a deep movie. Like the plot's pretty straightforward. There's a lot of thematic things that you can dive into for sure. And again, this movie I think is very, very progressive for the time, but it would still be pretty progressive now. Um, again, cause I don't, I don't know if Dill is supposed to be um, a transvestite in that it's a, a, a man who just chooses to dress up as a woman. If, if she's, transgender and going to go through the transition but maybe couldn't at the time whether that's financial or maybe it wasn't allowed uh, i know the procedure existed but i don't know what the like the process to getting the procedure would have been at the time or maybe it was just too expensive um she is a hairdresser so the like, funds are definitely limited um so i like I, it's never addressed that's not the film it doesn't matter there uh jody refers to her as a as a female as girlfriend um as his girlfriend, he never says anything outside of it. And he was macking on Judy. So, you know, Jody's pretty progressive too. He's either bisexual or, you know, I guess that's the only option, right? Is he's bisexual because he, he, he gets kidnapped because he falls for a blonde. Um, and Dill is jealous of, of Judy for that reason too. That scene. It, it, see, I feel like, I feel like she knew that he was dead because she's, is asking is that how she got him um with her body yeah 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 like with your your boobs and butt but she you know different words but that's yeah um it's uh yeah it's heartbreaking like that whole like i don't know what it's called sequence or whatever where um fergus has her cut her hair and dress as a man like we totally understand why he's doing it he's trying to protect her but it's just so heartbreaking and you can just. It's even more heartbreaking when he finds her drunk wearing Jody's cricket outfit, which had been appearing throughout the film 
um, because of pictures, but also like Fergus was having like nightmares of him like playing cricket and then dying. Um, what do you remember? What the other sport was? They're debating cricket versus another sport I that I don't to remember. Uh, I have to look it up because I'm I'm so curious. I, I started to say this. I was looking for analysis. I didn't find anything that I could watch within like a few minutes, but I found uh, the the whole clip of Siskel and Ebert's uh, yeah. show where they were reviewing it. It's like a four minute clip. And I, I did watch that. And both of them were huge fans of the movie. Um, not surprising. Cause it is, it is amazing. Um, it is one of those movies where you're just like blown away that you hadn't seen it. And like, like, man, how come people don't talk about this movie more? Cause it is really, really good. It's not just like, it's got the, I'm sorry. I, I did no. not mean to cut you off, but it's not, it's not just like an art house indie film. And it totally is that, but it it transcends that because the characters are so good. Like you're, they're just so it's so hard not to to care about the people you're watching. And it's like even Fergus, who you would think is like a bad guy and that you wouldn't be attached to, but really you just wonder. Well, I just wondered the whole time how did he even get wrapped up in that IRA mess? Which I don't know all the politics between with all of that. So, you know, yeah, I don't I'm, either. I'm uh, ignorant I, about I, it, but I am. I know a little bit about North Northern Ireland and the wars. Uh, I don't know a lot about it. And so, yeah, I definitely need to do a little bit of research. Although I did have a fun moment um, when, uh, sh- when she's yelling at Dave, she says, go back to Essex. And that's where Matt lives. And I was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> go see your friend, Matt. I was like, all right, cool. Um, uh, Matt would have been like 12 uh, so, <laughs> or less. He would have been less. Um, he would have been like eight i think i think he's like two or three years younger than i am so, so we're yeah. not being creepy uh, we're talking about matt today i <laughs> yeah right right um dave go back to your son matt it's like what no um yeah but uh so i did text him i was like hey they just said go the f back to essex and he's like yeah I love hearing about essex in the in a negative way or whatever but I'm like, yep <laughs> man yeah um i think there is no question folks uh Corey and I both love this movie. There's a lot of themes I think that could be dove into what is it saying about these things? Because again, the fact that your male protagonist thinks he's in love with a woman, finds out that it's a man, and then is okay with it. It takes a little bit of time, but he is okay with it. And again, the only reason why he has still become a dude, and I think it's necessary to say, is so that Dill won't be killed by Judy. Because, because that's the threat. Following her. They know exactly right. so, who she is. And he's he's counting on them being like him and not realizing that Dill is not a woman. Because they haven't let so, on. Right. That's what he's hoping. But it, it it shatters Dill's psyche. Like Dill was already like having a hard time with things and now this is too much. Um and but you can tell that he cares immensely about Dill and I, I believe that. Like, I truly do believe that he was trying to protect Dill. Like, um, even you can tell he does not want Judy to like hurt Dill at all. And that when, when Dill ties into the bed, so he can't leave, but he doesn't understand the repercussions that might come. But then, I mean, that shootout sequence at the end is brutal, but man. And then, uh, I mean, we're not even talking about, he went to jail for her. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. The end. That was like, is that another him trying to make it up? What happened to Ju- uh, Jody? For sure. I uh, definitely think that's the case. But because also, I didn't know if he still felt romantic. I feel like he's trying to fight those feelings for Dill because every time that she calls him hun or something else, he like corrects her. He's like, don't call me that, you know? But I feel like he still cares about her. Didn't they kiss afterwards, though? Mm. I feel like there's at least a couple of shared Maybe. kisses. But now I'm like, um, but I I don't know. Um, I I, but to be fair, if you've never had feelings towards a man before, and suddenly found yourself conflicted, it wouldn't be like a switch. I I wouldn't think that you could just turn on and off. Um, because again, you're fighting your preconceived notions. I, I would be willing to bet. Uh, I feel like the IRA is heavily grounded in a religion. I don't know for sure which one, but I do think there would be like that religious uh, kind of oversight on him as well. Um, so like if that is a, playing a factor, like there's a lot of things that I think would would be a, coming to terms with. 
um, would not be an easy thing. So I don't know that the romantic feelings are just gone, but definitely like making him uneasy. And that's part of the tension is that I think he's still very much into Dill, but can't or doesn't know how to act on it. And is maybe even embarrassed. Like what yeah. if someone else found out? Um, Cause he does immediately ask a bunch of questions. Like does, did Dave know? And it's like, yeah, Dave knows. Jody, uh, Jody. Of course. Yes. And Jody obviously had to know. I, um, oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I love how much she loved him because she has his pictures all over the place. It's like a shrine to him. Yeah. She has his yes. cricket uniform on like a manic, like a bust. It's yeah. just like you, and I feel like we just still get so much Jody just from he's like, he's always there, you know, like he's yeah. everywhere. Yeah, he's a looming specter over the film, even when uh, Whitaker is gone. And that's I like he's on, he's only in the movie for like the first four minutes, but he's not completely gone because his image, like you said, is everywhere. But he does get like some dream sequences and stuff that he pops up into other people's, uh, you know, importance and whatnot. But. Um, definitely, definitely just an excellent film. And I think, um, it's pretty obvious Corey and I are going to both say must see film, uh, for this one. Am I right, Corey? Yeah. So that concludes, uh, Jones and for Indies. Um, I would say a pretty good, a pretty good month. Um, I've liked all the movies that we've watched. Uh, I think more than you, if I'm, I know Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, I like more than you. I think I like swingers more than you. Yeah, if definitely. I remember correctly. Uh, oh, uh, and then blue velvet. I don't remember what your thoughts were on blue velvet. You know, this has been my favorite one. Hands down. Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know the other ones. I mean, they're all uh, two of them for, I think for sure. We're not supposed to like the characters like yeah, swingers and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Were hard for me. To, like, but see, I don't know. I, I can get into that um, a lot where I don't, need to be on the side of a character if the movie's not wanting to be on the side i cared about jack lemon in that movie even though he is not a good guy i'm still like poor guy he seems like he's out he's coming from a place of desperation and i kind of empathize um but anyway uh the crying game concludes our jonesing for indies month which means we must look into april and i am excited about april because we're going to be drawing conclusions that is our new theme for the month of april in other words animated features guys these are animated films that we have not seen uh let's run through what we're going to be watching it's a five weekend uh month so we got five movies coming at you and i get three of them uh we're going to be watching a silent voice which is available on netflix and that's from 2016 uh we're watching a classic that neither of us have ever seen fantastic planet which is currently on hbo max um it's also a part of the criterion collection of course so i think it's on the criterion channel I'm not 100% on that, but if I, I just have to assume that if you have a Criterion Channel, you're going to get the Criterion movies, um, which is not always the case. Uh, then we're going to be going to uh, two Leica films back to back. I've never seen Box Trolls. It is the only Leica film I've never seen. Um, so I, I've, I'm excited to finally check that off the list, especially because Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are in it, and those uh, two actors who I adore. Um, then the follow-up is Corey's not seen Missing Link. I have watched it uh, because I, I, I'm I a Leica completionist. Yet again, I still haven't seen Box Troll, so I don't know what's wrong with me. But um, we do have Missing Link, and Missing Link is available on Hulu. And then uh, we're going to end the month with Your Name, um, which I'm gonna, I don't remember what year is. From the last couple of years, um, 2016, a year before uh, A Silent Voice, um, your name is only available to rent on services. This movie was tapped. Uh, it was a lot of people's one of their favorite films of that year. And immediately, of course, America was like, we're going to do an, uh, our own version. And J.J. Uh, Abrams was attached to it at some point. I don't know if that just got phased out or faded out or whatever, but I've heard great things about your name for years and it's been on my, my radar for some time. Um, and so I am excited to finally check that off the list. Uh, that that's our month of April drawing conclusions, five animated films. Um, for the most part, uh, three for me, three really big ones, um, including fantastic planet, because I've, I've heard, you know, it's a criterion film, which you and I've had some ups and downs with the criterion selections, but for the most part, our criterion purchases have been positive. Luckily, 
luckily we didn't buy the one that oh, we both don't like, uh, whose name I can never remember. Um, and I, I guess that just. But I can tell you about the doll. Yes, the doll. I've only seen box trolls, so I'm excited, and I want to see it again. So oh. I've only seen it the well, once. Have you seen all the other Leica films? I don't know. Okay, so Coraline, yes, because yeah. we did that, I think, as a podcast. Um, uh, next up is Box Trolls, actually, um, which I haven't seen. Uh, Paranorman. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, that one's worth watching. It's got a Tim, Tim Burton vibes like all over it. Um, and Kubo and the Two Strings. I love that one. I love that one. I, I There's some problems with the casting, of course, because it's an Asian-inspired yeah. film, Asian-culture-inspired film, and it is a whitewashed cast. Uh, but McConaughey, Charlize Theron, uh, Rooney Mara, and... Um, oh, I can't remember. Uh, is it Ray Fiennes, I think, is the grandpa? Um, I, I adore that movie, though. I love so much about it. That movie shattered me when I saw it in theaters. Um, I cried so hard and uh, I just absolutely, I've taught that film at least twice. Um, big, big, big fan of Kubo and the Two Strings. Plus the guitar gently weep song that they play at the end of the movie is uh, it's, I think Rita Spector covers it, but it's a George Harrison song. And I love that cover of that song so much. It is so beautiful. Um, oh, it's just great. I, I might rewatch that movie just because it's so excellent. I, I kind of want to watch it right now, except it's midnight, so I won't do that. <laughs> but um, but uh, Missing Link is, unfortunately, having not seen Box Trolls, my least favorite of the Leica films, but it's really, really good. Like, it's still really good. Like, it's just got... Like, because they are stop-motion, uh, predominantly clay, with a mix of CG, their movies take a lot longer to make. Um, and... Uh, that's why there's so few of them. And of course, uh, Leica was founded by Harry Selznick, who is most, I would say most famous and also most unknown for directing uh, nightmare before Christmas. Um, oh yeah. Cause everyone thinks Tim Burton directed it. Cause it's Tim Burton's nightmare before Christmas, but Tim Burton didn't direct it. Harry Selznick did. Harry Selznick would then go uh, leave Disney and go and work, uh, start his own studio and do Coraline. Um, and has brought us some amazing directors, including Travis Knight, who directed Kubo and the Two Strings and then went on to direct the best Transformers movie, Bumblebee, uh, that stars Haley Seinfeld um, and is excellent. And people should watch because everyone stopped watching it because the fifth movie sucks so bad that they're just like, oh, Bumblebee's going to be awful. Bumblebee is the best one. So go watch it. It's good. But um, anywho, yeah, I'm excited for April. I think it's going to be a fun month. Uh, I don't give animated films enough of my attention. And I generally enjoy them when i do um one that i would highly recommend listeners especially before the oscar ceremony um wolf walker on apple tv plus uh, they need to make that that a little more well it's it's one of the catches it is an apple tv plus exclusive so it's not going to get any more accessible than that unless uh it might go on sale where you can own it but as far as like i don't think it will be on another streaming service outside of apple tv plus however you can get a seven day free trial for Apple TV plus, And I would say it's a hundred percent worth it for two things. Ted Lasso, one of the best sitcoms made in the last 10 years easily. It's so good. Uh, it's, and it's Jason Sudeikis and he's always good, but he's, this is the best. And honestly, it's what we need right now because it's super positive and it's not like it's, Bad things happen, but how he reacts and handles it and how people in the show react and handle it is so refreshing. It's excellent. Wolf Walker, 100% worth it. And Corey, if I'm not mistaken, aren't you a Beastie Boys fan? Yeah. Mm, that was apprehensive. I, I am a um, fan, but like, I don't... I know their sing- singles. Like, I've never had any of their albums. You know what? Same. Do you know they only have like four albums? What? And they have, like, some of the best videos. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, Spike Jones directed a lot of their videos. Oh. And Spike Jones uh, also directs this documentary, oh. if you want to call it that. Um, there's – it's not – it's more of, like – so the two remaining guys who are Mike D and MC Ren. That might be wrong. I'm so – I don't know their names that well. I know Mike D. Um, they, they decided uh, – they have not done any music since the other guy died. I'm so sad that I can't think of names right now, but, but, uh, 
they it's them on stage talking about their career, like giving like a, a, a verbal history of the Beastie Boys um, with like clips and stuff. It's really compelling. It's entertaining. It's it's very scripted. And they're not comedians, but they try to land jokes. So some of those fall a little flat because they're not that type of performance. Um, but uh, not all of them. And um, I found it very enjoyable. That's also Apple TV Plus exclusive. I think those three things alone are worth the trial. So uh, as we're prepping, I do recommend, guys, check out Wolfwalker because it's nominated for Best Animated Feature. And honestly, as much as I love Onward and Soul, I think Wolfwalker is better. I would love to see that uh, actually win. It It may because it's also hand-drawn and it looks amazing, but um, it may not. It, it may not because of, like, Soul is just... Soul's pretty great and uh, a little more accessible. Um, anywho, that's our episode and our month for Jonesing for Indies. We've had a pretty good month. If you, We'd love to hear your thoughts about the, uh, the movies that we reviewed um, and about the themes. If you have ideas for themes, we'd love to hear those because we're having fun this year. We, got, we have some creative themes on our episodes. We got a lot coming up the rest of this year uh but we always have to start planning ahead for next year and there's so many movies that we haven't seen so we love suggestions um in the meantime though follow us on social media hit us up i'm at burke reviews on all the socials Corey. Corey, you're muted i'm fired i kept having oh, guys at Corey r star two r's on the end and uh, technical difficulties abound. Um, we will be back next week uh, to talk about the animated features. If you like what we're doing, though, we do ask you to take two or three minutes. Give us a rating. Uh, those five stars help other listeners find the show. Um, and that's all we can ask from you. Um, in the meantime, stay safe and keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs>